ESPNRadio.com presents stories of mystery and intrigue, espionage and suspense. Hear tales of ticking time bombs, mysterious crime scenes, and cloak and dagger action. This is Relic Radio Thrillers. to you. Book 97, page 854, in the Diary of Faith. Yes, here it is. The name Walter Vincent. Occupation Chemist. Yes, Walter. For four years you have been an employee of the Randall Foundation for scientific research. And in that time, you have come to realize how wrong you were to select science as a life work. Although you were diligent and accurate, you lack inventiveness. And many times during recent months, your wife, Carol, has pointed out in no uncertain terms the long and fruitless road which lies ahead of you. This realization brought you to temptation and a choice. Now for a moment, I, fate, look ahead to a single instant in your life. An instant of decision. I don't intend to give up everything now, Walter, no matter what it means. Good. We still have a chance if we work together. You see, Kramer is going to give Philip that letter at the masquerade. I don't understand, Walter. And that means just one thing. I'll have to go to the masquerade in his place. And I'll have to get rid of Philip. that decision, Walter Vincent, you will find your goal and your destruction. Soon it will be time for a further entry under your name. When I have written, I will read from the record of Walter Vincent in the Diary of Fate. <laughs> decision was made. Yet in the final analysis, it was a little thing, seemingly insignificant that determined the inevitable outcome. It is ever thus. Remember, Walter Vincent, where it all started? You were driving home from the funeral of Professor Rudolf Teigman, an associate of the Foundation, who had died suddenly of a heart attack. Your wife and Philip Webb, also a chemist at the Foundation, were talking as you drove through the heavy rain. 
He was a great scientist, old Tigman. The Foundation is certainly going to miss him. Strange, isn't it? How suddenly and unexpectedly it can happen. Just like that, it's all over. Yeah, that's right, Carol. I only hope I can achieve half as much in my life as he did in his. I'd consider it a lifetime well spent. What? How can you say that, Philip? Professor Tigman was a lonely old man. He never really lived in his whole life. He never had any money or fun. Just work and more work. That's all he knew. Yes, but look at all the splendid things he accomplished. Where did that get him? I bet he wished plenty of times he'd enjoyed life more as he went along. Believe me, I'm not going to stake my happiness on a future I may never see. Oh, excuse me, Carol. But this next corn will be fine, Walter. Oh, okay, Phil. Glad to drive you on home, though. No, thanks. But there is one thing. Yeah? I'm going out to Tigman's lab tomorrow, and I'd appreciate it if you'd come along and sort of help me put his things in order out there. Why, sure, Phil. Glad to. Fine. See you tomorrow, then. Goodbye. Goodbye. Walter, I meant what I said about that future. I'm completely fed up with the way we live. Oh, Carol, darling, don't talk like that. We'll get our chance one of these days. One of these days can be a long, long time. I'm not going to wait much longer. Well, you won't have to, honey. With Tigman gone, there are openings all down the line. Oh. And I'm almost a cinch to head my department. Well, we'll see, Walter. We'll see. Yes, Walter. A pressing impatience in Carl's heart is like a whip to your ambition because you do anything to make her happy. But the next morning, when the promotions were announced, the one you expected went to Philip. It was a humiliating shock to you. And you knew how Carol would take it. By the time you arrived at Tigman's remote laboratory... You would regain control of yourself. And nothing was said at the promotion as you helped Philip pack the clutter of apparatus, supplies, and papers. And then, Walter, a little thing happened. I guess you can get most of that stuff in this box, Walter. Yes, I think so. By the way, what was Tigman working on, Phil? Do you know? I have no idea. I used to be his assistant, but for the last six months, they had me back in the office. I hope there's something in these papers that'll tell us. Yeah. Well, I'll make a list of everything I put in this box. Fine. I'll go get something to carry the books in. Yeah. Oh, blast it anyway. What happened? Oh, my pen had leaked. I've smeared ink all over. Oh, there's probably a blotter in that bottom drawer of the desk. Be back in a minute. You opened the desk drawer, Walter. And as you searched for a blotter, your eyes fell on something else. Something destined to change your entire life. A notebook. At one glance, you realized what was in it. The results of the last six months of intense research by the great Tigman. A completely revolutionary method of cracking crude oil. You heard Philip returning. And quickly... You slipped the notebook into your pocket and turned to face him. Uh, oh, by the way, Phil, I haven't congratulated you on your promotion yet. I think it's great. Thanks, Walter. I, I appreciate that. 
It was between us, you know, and, well, I thought maybe you... Oh, I'd resent it? No, no, not me. You'll make a better executive than I anyway. I'd be lost out of the lab. Oh, thank you, Walter. I'm taking my vacation soon, and when I get back, let's get together, huh? Sure. Oh, uh, by the way, what are you working on, Walter? Petroleum. Yes, and I think I may have something, too. Don't say anything about it, Phil. You see, I'm, I'm not sure yet, but... If I'm on the right track, it'll be big. Very big. Yes, Walter. Because of a leaking fountain pen, you alone had found Teichman's notebook. You could have turned it over to the foundation, but you had other ideas. In the days that passed, you made certain that nowhere else among Tigman's papers was there a hint of what he had been working on. You checked and tested his formula. It was complete and accurate. Then, at last, you were ready. The startling announcement came out that you, Walter Vincent, had devised a new and revolutionary method for refining crude oil. This is amazing, Walter. As the director of the Randall Foundation, I congratulate you. And leave it to me, my boy. I'll see to it that you get a position at once where you can really exercise your ability. Well, thank you, Dr. Crane. And congratulations, Walter. Thank you. That was great publicity for the outfit. And say, I want you to pose with Dr. Kramer here, and then we'll get some individual portraits, some action shots of you in the lab, too. You know, the papers are going to eat this up. short weeks after you had stolen Professor Teigman's notebook, Walter, your world was completely changed. You had a new job at more than double your old salary. You were known in scientific circles as a very promising young man. And Carol, of course, was delighted. But the change, Walter, had been brought about by your choice for evil. And already forces were gathering against you. Even as you relished your newfound glory, and Carol chattered happily about a forthcoming party, another little thing happened. Oh, Walter, this will be the first party we've gone to in years where I can really feel like somebody. Yes, I know. Well, I told you our break would come one day. Oh, I'm glad it's a masquerade. I've got the most wonderful idea for a costume. Marie Antoinette. Oh? But, oh, well going to be expensive. Oh, darling, I don't care if it is. We can afford it now, and if it'll make you happy, you... Oh, I'll get it, Carol. Hello? Walter Vincent speaking. Uh, this is Dr. Kramer, Walter. Do you know when Philip Webb is coming back from his vacation? Oh, uh, the day after tomorrow, I think, Doctor. Oh, that's too bad. Why? What's the matter, Doctor? Well, I'm leaving town tonight, and I wanted to see him before I left. A very strange thing just happened, Walter. It was like getting a message from the grave. Oh, a message from the grave? What do you mean, Doctor? An envelope addressed to Philip just arrived. It was evidently lost in the mail. You see, it's from Professor Teichman. It must be about the work he was doing when he died. Yes, Walter. A little thing. A misaddressed envelope. 
A letter lost in the mail now suddenly loomed up in your life as a huge stumbling block. It would topple your whole world into ruin. You knew that somehow you had to get that letter or you were trapped. But you realized that the first thing you had to do was tell Carol. Tell her the whole thing. You had to know if you could depend on her. And that's the way it happened, Carol. That's the whole story. Well, don't just stand there. Say something. Such a shock. I don't know what to say. You, you've got to get that letter, Walter. Some way you've got to get it. That's what I wanted you to say, Carol. I had to know if I could count on your help. I don't intend to give up everything now, Walter. I, no matter what it means. Good. We still have a chance. If we work together. You see, Kramer is going to give Philip that letter at the dance. I don't understand, Walter. And that means one thing. I'll have to go to the masquerade in his place. And I'll have to get rid of Philip. Yes, Walter, because of a fountain pen that leaked, a little thing, you were faced with a decision, and your choice was for evil. Now, because of another little thing, a misaddressed envelope, you were threatened with exposure and disgrace. A net of circumstances was closing around you. Soon there would be no escape. Soon, I will write again under your name in The Diary of Fate. sure there's no other way. Positive. I've looked for that letter every place I possibly could since Kramer's been gone. I can't find it. There's nothing else we can do. All right, Walter. Now listen. I've talked to Philip. He's going to the masquerade as Pinocchio. He's got a mask that covers the whole head, and it'll fit me. I told him today that I had to go to New York, so he thinks you're going to the dance with him. I want to be sure a lot of people know that. That'll be easy. Then what? Saturday evening, I'll get on the train here and get off when it stops at Maplewood. You meet me there with the car. And bring you back here. Yes. Then I'll take care of Philip. We'll go to the dance, get the letter from Kramer, and leave. I'll catch a plane. I've already got the reservation under the name of Jones. I'll overtake the train and get back on it. All you know is that Phil was a little high when he took you home. Oh, Walter, what if something goes wrong? Nothing can go wrong, I tell you. Not if we're careful and use our heads. The hardest time will be the dance. We'll really have to play our parts there. And play them well. <laughs> Yes, Walter. From now on, you'd have to play a part. And play it well. 
For murder is a hazardous game. Where they would do the most good, you drop casual bits of information about your trip to New York. And that Philip was escorting Carol to the dance. And finally, on Saturday night, you even fixed it so David Sloan, the Foundation's public relations man, was at the station with Carol to see you off. So if you can drop in and see him, it'll be worth a feature story in his new magazine. Well, I'll certainly try, David. It all depends on how much time I have. Well, Mr. Vincent, busy or not, you better find time somewhere to write me every day. Understand? Sorry you're going to miss that masquerade tonight, old boy. That's the one thing nobody really should miss. Uh-huh, don't I know it. And I'm sending Carol with Philip Webb. Pinocchio and Marie Antoinette should make quite a pair. Hey, you think I can trust them together? <laughs> I think so. Pinocchio's made of wood, you know. Yes, but there are no strings on him either. <laughs> well, I'll keep an eye on them, Walter. Have a good time in the city and hurry back. I will, David. Better get aboard, Carol. Now, don't forget one block south of the station at Maplewood. And don't be late. I won't. Don't worry. I'll get rid of David and leave right away. As the train traveled a few miles to Maplewood, you talked with the porter about your compartment, tipped him lavishly, spoke to the conductor, and made certain that several of the passengers were aware of your presence and would remember you. Then, as the train pulled to a stop in Maplewood, you stepped off quickly, quietly, melted into the crowd, and a few minutes later you were with Carol in your car, speeding back the way you had come. Better slow down a little, Carol. We have to hurry, Walter. Slow down, I said. All we need right now is to be picked up for speeding. That'd fix things fine. When we get to Phillips... Shall I wait for you? No. Go on home, put on your costume. I'll pick you up in his car. All right. We're almost there. It's down on the next block. Okay, turn here and stop. I'll walk the rest of the way. Walter. What? Walter, be careful. Don't worry. This will be easy. The tough part's going to be that dance afterwards, and don't forget that for a minute. Now go on home and get dressed. I gotta get going. What is. Why, Walter? I thought you were on your way to New York. Well, I'm supposed to be. Uh, you, uh, you're still going to the dance, aren't you? Of course. I'm just dressing now. Well, let me in, Philip. Yeah, I gotta talk to you. Sure, come in. What is it, Walter? What's wrong? Is, uh, is anyone else here now? No. Walter, what's the matter? Philip, uh, are you going to be alone tomorrow? Why, yes. Yes, I am. Call day? You're not expecting anyone? Not going out? No, not until nine tomorrow night. Oh, Why? Man. Oh, that's fine, fine. Philip, I'm in a jam. A bad one. I, I want to stay here tonight. Could, could you help me out? Now, wait a minute. I think you'd better start at the beginning and tell me all about it. All right, but... Oh, is that whiskey there in the decanter? I really need a drink, Phil. Well, I'll get it for you. I've never seen you like this, Walter. You're in bad shape. Oh, here you are. Thanks. Well, Philip, 
It's like this. Oh, the glass. I'm sorry, Phil. It, it slipped. Oh, forget it. You'd better sit down, Walter. I'll pick up the pieces. It's nothing. Go on, sit down, Walter. Walter, the poker, what are you... Yes, Walter. Killing Philip was simple. For a moment you stared down at him, lying dead in front of his fireplace. Then you moved quickly. You took his keys from his pocket, set his watch ahead to midnight, and smashed the crystal. Arranged the room to look as if he had fallen, and struck his head while replacing a light bulb in the chandelier. Then you entered his bedroom, and when you came out again, you were Philip Webb, fully dressed in the bizarre costume of Pinocchio. A few minutes later, in Philip's car, you picked up Carol and drove to the masquerade. Walter, I'm sure everything's all right. You, you didn't make any mistake. No, no, I didn't. Now stop worrying me, will you? You keep watching me in there, and just as soon as I get that letter from Dr. Kramer, you fake a headache so we can leave. All right. And don't let me get stuck with anybody where I have to talk too much. I won't. All right. You better go on in. And for heaven's sake, act like nothing's happened. Everything depends on this now. <laughs> well, I'll be. Pinocchio, you old rascal. Get up terrific. <laughs> oh, you like it? Phil, that's a wonderful costume. I got to get a picture of that one. What a head and what a face. I told him it was going to be the best in the place. That's great, Carol. It really is. Say, you're rather pretty good yourself, Marie Antoinette. Thank you. <laughs> sure too bad old Walter had to miss this party. We're really going to have a time tonight. <laughs> Kramer hasn't shown up yet, Carol, but he should be here any minute. How am I doing? Heard your comment? You're doing fine. I don't think anybody suspects a thing. Just keep it up. Don't worry, I will. We can't slip now. Oh, Philip, uh, Philip, oh, pardon me, folks. Uh, Phil, Dr. Kramer just came in. He wants to see you a minute. He's back there in the corner. Oh, uh, thanks a lot, David. Uh, I'll go right away. Oh, I'll wait for you here, Hello there, Philip, or should I say Pinocchio. That certainly is a fine costume. Oh, hello, Dr. Kramer. What I wanted to see you about, Philip, is a letter. It's lost in the mail, I presume. You see, it's for you, from Professor Tigman. From Tigman? Yes, I have it here. Do you want it now? I can just easily keep it until Monday. No, no, I'll take it now, Doctor, and thank you very much. Oh, Philip. Excuse me, Doctor. Just go. I'm sorry, but my head is splitting. Would you mind taking me home? Oh, that's too bad, Carol. Of course not. Come along. I've got it, Carol. I've got the letter. Now nobody will ever know. Now we're set for life. Yes, Walter, it was all over now. You had the letter. The perfect alibi for murder. All you had to do was leave the dance, get back on the train, and you were safe. But take heed, you who listen. 
lest you think fate unjust, a conspirator in evil. In a few moments, I will write for the last time under the name Walter Vincent. When I have written, I will read from the Diary of Fate. Ponder well the moral, you who listen, and remember, 
There is a page for you in the Diary of Fate. The cast included Herbert Lytton, Tom Brown, Gloria Blondell, Peter Leeds, John Arthur, Ray Erlenborn, Ivan Dittmars, and Hal Sawyer. Diary of Fate is a Larry Finley transcription, brought to you from Hollywood. show for this week but don't forget there are thousands more like it at relicradio.com horror strange tales science fiction crime all available for free like to donate to relic radio and help keep it all free you can do that through the website as well visit donate.relicradio.com to find out more about that and see the special downloadable sets that are available my thanks to those who have donated and thanks for listening today talk to you again next week